I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Kirk Jowers filling in today on Inside Sources, and we get to end with some fun. Uh, we've got uh, two of my favorite people, two of my favorite football players. Tim Hightower, former NFL running back. I think the, the moment that everyone will remember from Tim was his rookie year. He catches uh, a pass, uh, breaks some tackles, gets the touchdown that puts the Cardinals into the Super Bowl. A huge defining moment. Had hundreds of other amazing moments. And Stanford uh, defensive star Sean Barton. I, I can't get out of my head that pick that he had against Arizona State that sealed that win. Um, and hundreds of others as well. So thank you both for being in studio with me today. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. So the last time I did this show, I had on a Ute and a Cougar, great people, Tom Hackett, Chad Lewis, and they both talked about their school, as they should. What else can they do? I wanted, I think the people of Utah want and demand some ob- objective people. Tim's a Richmond spider. He's never lived in Utah until three days ago. Tim has moved out here. He's uh, Fresh off the plane. Fresh off the plane, incredible family, five-year-old, three-year-old, little three-month-old. He's a uh, doTERRA performance advocate uh, and joining, joining the company. Uh, I think we're both watching Sloan Stevens tonight, another performance yes. advocate. Yes. He's got her first match, U.S. Open champion Sloan Stevens, hoping she can make a run. Donovan Mitchell, another one, um, uh, having some great success over uh, on the Team USA. So we got a fun team that, yeah. that Tim and I get to work with. Um, Sean was academic all pack twice, uh, second on the team in tackles despite being on a, a time limitation because of some injuries. We're going to talk about both of your injuries a little bit at the end of our second segment when I get to Andrew Luck. But uh, he now works for a great company, Health Catalyst, here in Cottonwood Heights. So he's back in Utah. Um, let's get the suspense out of the way. Who's going to win the big game on Thursday? And by how much? Tim, let's start with you, the true outsider view. Yeah. Sean at least a played bias. high school football here, and he, he's a Pac-12 guy, so he's, he's seen these guys. You're coming in pretty fresh. Who's going to win this? I got to go with the Utes by eight. Utes by yeah, that's eight? That's my prediction. All by right. Yeah. That's very close to mine. I have the Utes by ten. By ten. Wow. Mm. Okay. Okay. So you're both, you're both uh, going with ESPN predictor. It's, uh, it's a 60 plus percent chance of the Utes winning. Only, at least I checked a couple days ago, it was only favored by five. So coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 
Sean, if you've played the Utes once. You're injured yeah. the other time Stanford mm-hmm. played them. Um, you're preparing to play Utah's offense. Uh, what, who keeps you up at night? So when you're game planning for the Utes, it's, it's, at this point it's a three-headed monster where they have Tyler Huntley, their quarterback, Zach Moss, their running back, and Britton Covey, the do-it-all wide receiver. And what I've found especially interesting for these three is they're all coming off of an injury, and all of them had surgery last year. And it's the first game back. Yeah. You got some rust maybe, but uh, those three, all of them can play. Huntley makes the, the entire offense go. And uh, one thing to note is with Andy Ludwig coming back, he's, he's going to be uh, doing every, everything he can to maximize their potential. He can get the most out of those guys. So I expect Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, and Britton Covey to, to ball out. Tim, you're a running back. Uh, around here, and I've seen some national sources as well say that Zach Moss may be one of the top three running backs in the country. What do you see when you watch that guy run? Is he is he the real yeah. deal? Uh, I like him. I, I do like him. I like his center of, gr- of gravity. That's what you look for. When you're looking at a running back, uh, you look at the Alvin Kamars, you look at the guys who've been able to translate from, at the next level, they run with that good, you know, that four-body lean, low to the ground, allows them to break tackles, and it also allows them to not get injured as much. You, you know, Adrian Peterson was an outlier as far as being that upright runner and, and be able to last as long. And so I like that when I, when I see him. He's got good feet. He's got pretty good vision inside the holes, too. Sean, do you agree? You played with two of the all-time great running backs with McCaffrey and Love. Is Moss in that league? I'm not willing to put him in that <laughs> league, but I think he's a great player. Um, he's a load. He runs really hard. He plays really hard. And a lot of guys, uh, like Tim was saying, he runs leaning forward, and he, he's tough to bring down. So I expect him to have – I expect his career to continue on after this year. Did you – I'm trying to think through your injury and his. Did you get yes. to play against Zach? Oh, yes, Zach? last year. Um, did you get a shot Oh, we got a, we got a good pop together <laughs> right in the hole. Uh, it, was, it was probably 50-50, I'd say. <laughs> we, we, we might have to go to the booth on We're that going one. to the tape. We're Let's going go to the, the tape. tape on that one. I'll have Tim tell me about whether that was 50-50 or not. But no – uh, so, Sean, same exercise. You're getting ready to take on BYU's offense. Uh, they're talking about some running backs. I don't know if we've got much tape to know how good they are, but what are you what are you thinking about in stopping the Cougars this year? Yeah, so it all revolves around Zach Wilson. It's really what it's going to be. And for the Cougs to have a legitimate shot, he's got to play his best ball. And so when you're looking at him, he's athletic. He has a, He's very accurate. He takes care of the ball. If you look at the last three major games that they had last year, Boise State, the bowl game and Utah, I think he was 75% completion rate, only had a couple picks through 12 touchdowns, something like that. So he's very accurate, takes care of the ball, allows people to, to get in successful situations. Um, protecting him is probably the most important thing. Obviously with Utah's D-line, um, their O-line returning four starters, which is, um, Tim, maybe you can share on this, but I think that the offensive line – um, takes the longest to gel at the beginning of the year, and experience matters the most with the offensive line. Yeah. Um, and they're returning four starters, so I expect them to be. I don't know if they're up to the challenge of facing that of the front four for Utah, but um, they're going to need to be. And uh, the last person I think I'd, I'd circle is Matt Bushman, their tight end. He's a great mm-hmm. player, he's an athlete, he can catch pretty much everything. And it's going to be an interesting matchup because Utah has brand new, inexperienced linebackers. And yeah. they're going to be uh, matching up with yeah. Matt Bushman, who's a great tight end. And he's got some size, too. So if they're going to put uh, Blackman on him, who's moved to safety, he doesn't have the size to be able to guard Bushman the entire game. So it's going to be interesting to see how these young, inexperienced Utah linebackers go up against uh, Matt Bushman. Uh, Tim, what about uh, 
What about Utah's front line on defense? Are they are they going to make it a long day for Zach, or is he going to keep doing what he was doing last year? Sean's right. He really found yeah. his game and uh, is looking really good. I, I could see the Utes being a little nervous about him. What I notice about Utah, that, that D-line, I think it's six out of six D-linemen selected in the last five years in the NFL, yeah. and those guys are big. They're big, they're physical. Um, but you even looked at what their coach mentioned I think it was in spring ball about a little bit of uh, undisciplined, being undisciplined, not in the rush lanes. For BYU, as an offense, it's like the the they they say it's you know it can be a good and a bad thing when you're rushing and you're getting that kind of pressure. You slow that down with screens. Sometimes they can be undisciplined. Uh, stick to the run game, and and you you find a lot of gaps and seams. So, I mean, they're big, right? They're big. They're physical. But I think BYU, if if they're smart, you don't try to run right at them. You set some screens, you do some quick three-step, uh, get them tired, wear them down, and hopefully at the end of the game that you know they start to become undisciplined, and that's when some of those lanes start to open up and, and uh, you start to have some success. So we've got about 30 seconds before we need to break, then we'll come back to some more. But, um, Tim, for BYU to get an upset win, what do they need to do? What are the two or three things we should be looking at that yeah. we think they Well, first of all, that their quarterback cannot be the leading rusher next year uh, or, or tomorrow that he, he can't that can't happen right he, he, he the running backs got to get involved they obviously got to slow down that 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 rush um and i and for me the biggest thing is that turnover the turnover battle when you have close games like this when you have uh, high energetic games those turnovers man that that it gets the crowd going that the momentum so if they can do those three things i think it gives them the chance um to have some success and, and hopefully come out with an upset I had to laugh a little bit because, of course, if you're a running back, the one thing you hate is a running quarterback. You, you can't have it, man. You can't have it. You, you look at that stat line and you see the – it's, it's a cardinal rule. You can't have it, man. Sean, one or two quick things, then we'll come back. Yeah, I'd you. say protect the quarterback and take advantage of any miscues. It's the first game. It's not uncommon. So anytime that there's undisciplined or a miscue and a chance, BYU's got to jump on it. This is Inside Sources. We'll be back in five minutes. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. We are back with former NFL running back Tim Hightower and former Stanford defensive star Sean Barton. They both predicted BYU would win Thursday's big game. Uh, Tim, I'm actually excited about something you're doing. You are doing uh, workout Wednesdays. Uh, which is where you're going to kind of in in a, in a few minutes on Instagram. Uh, 
show us some better ways to, to work out. And I got really excited about it, but then I was looking back at some of your past workouts that were just on <laughs> your Tim High Tower thing, and you're like lifting a semi-tire or standing one foot on a medicine ball or something. Yeah. Is there anyone in the state of Utah besides Sean Barton who's going to be able to do your exercises? Well, look, the, the, the goal is to be able to have some fun, to challenge, to entertain, um, and really just to involve uh, people. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that I faced um, – going from being a professional athlete to being a dad and working and how do you find time to stay active, to stay healthy? How do you find time to get in workouts? Uh, what is fitness? What is health and wellness? So for me, uh, some of it will be some of the crazy workouts, but a lot of it will just be things that you can do to challenge yourself, to have some fun, to do with your coworkers, your friends, your family, uh, a lot of information on health and wellness. So it'll be a lot of fun. So, you know, Plug in doTERRA website and Instagram and social media. And, and uh, it, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have a lot of fun, and, and uh, hopefully they won't be too crazy. The other one I'm excited about, that it, it, it's also on uh, – we can access through your Instagram or through sure. doTERRA's website. There's a, a bubble there now on Instagram as you're doing uh, Tim Tries. And I understand your first Tim Tries is up there, and that is we're going to have you go with our other performance advocates. So you went and played rugby with Perry Baker, yes. the top rugby player in the United States, and we've got you doing the skeleton in a couple of weeks. <laughs> All over the place. <laughs> i got to see that one. Head first at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> the goal is to be as uncomfortable as possible, um, but to try to look good doing it. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know how well that will go, but it's, it's, it's another challenge um, for myself. At this point in, in, in my life, how can I constantly challenge myself to get better, to grow, to learn, and to still have some fun, right? And so I want to challenge um, other people. Do things that you love to do and maybe that you you may love to do, you're you know curious about. So hopefully they can get some laughs uh, out of seeing me try different sports with different uh, 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 different athletes and different uh, individuals. And hopefully to encourage others to try something new that you've never done um, and to post it, to share it, and we can you know share some funny Funny, uh, fun story. So check out doTERRA. Stay tuned. I can't wait to see it. So you both predicted uh, the Utes by 8 and 10. Uh, a quick trivia fact, uh, as, as you talked about what the Cougars would need to do to have a chance in this game. The Cougars were 0-5 and five last year when they failed to rush for 100 yards, 6-1 and one when they gained at least 100 yards. Uh, some of that is determined by the teams they play. They have a little more uneven schedule than you know the Utes or, or Stanford do with with kind of game after game. But uh, do you know the only team that that uh, that the pattern didn't work out where they actually broke the hundred yard mark and lost? Yeah, this rivalry game. It's this game yeah. against the Utes, 153 yards, 47 times. So for the as vaunted as Utah's defensive is, defense is somehow, somehow. the Utes were able to move pretty nicely on him in that last game at least for three quarters yeah until the fourth quarter <laughs> things change at the end yeah so um let's get let's get back um before we move on to other football news which team has the better quarterback we've got Shana. some unrivaled uh, guys ah, peeking in the window at us so they're i think they're trying to intimidate your answers now <laughs> look Scott i, I, I think both and- <laughs> both have I don't, I don't know if i could give one an upper hand uh i think both have a lot to prove um and and that's what skill skill set can you compare the two? Do they do the same thing? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the office is you know being a little bit different, but coming off one coming off an injury, one very young and experienced, uh, they both have a lot to prove, and I think there's going to be a lot of focus on them 
Uh, so that's what I can say, yeah. you know, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they perform um, under the lights. While the unrivaled guys, Castell's unrivaled teams, looking at us, I, I watched an episode uh, with these guys and with David Shaw, a coach of Stanford, and, uh, and he gave Sean a really nice shout-out saying how important Sean was to his team. He was more mature. He'd served a mission in, in Africa. And um, anyway, Unrivaled's got some great stuff. So I'll give him a quick pitch so that Scott doesn't beat me up on the way out of here. Um, and for all the fa- Aggies fans out there, I probably should say I think the consensus is that uh, Utah State's Jordan Love is is the best QB in the yep. state this year. Do you agree with that, yeah, Sean? he's legit. He's legit. He's legit. He may be playing on, on Sundays next year and um, – We'll see. Um, and the Cougars and Aggies have a game at Utah State on November 2nd. Very quickly, who's going to win that game, Cougars or Aggies? Sean? <sighs> Tough to predict that far away, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Aggies. Uh, I'm going to go with the Aggies. Uh-oh. Tim? Yes, we're two for two today. I'm going with the Aggies as well. Yep. Jeez. All right. So, uh, sorry, Cougar fans, but you can, <laughs> you can prove us wrong. Prove them wrong. I won't put myself in that bucket yet. Uh, moving on to the rest of college football, the number 14 Utes are ranked in the AP's preseason top 25 for the first time in the school's Pac-12 era and are picked to win the Pac-12. That's a, a little bit of a slanted pick because of the fact that the other Pac-12 teams are also ranked. Um, all of the four, all of the four teams that are ranked are in the North. You got Oregon eleven, Washington thirteen, Washington State twenty-three, Sean's team Stanford at twenty-five. So that Pac-12 team, Pac-12 North is just stacked this year. Um, can Utah be the best team in the Pac-12? Can they win it? I think so. And if if not this year, then when? You know, if they're going to have all these players that are incredible players and the rest of the Pac-12 is pretty open, it's a competitive league, but it's there's not a dominant team, I would say. If not now, then, then when for the Utes? It's time to go. That's a lot of pressure on that first time game, to go. too, then. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they've got a great schedule. They they do have Washington State and Washington, but they miss Oregon and Stanford because of that Pac-12 rotation. Mm-hmm. That can have a huge impact on who wins yep. uh, the respective conferences. Whoever comes out of that north is going to be beat up. <laughs> Absolutely, it's going to be tough. Um, I want to jump. There's so much in college football, but I've got to jump um, to the biggest news coming out of the NFL over the weekend. Andrew Luck was retiring. Yeah. No one on earth in 2016 would have predicted that it was Andrew Luck retiring yeah. before this season and not yeah. Tom Brady. Um, Luck walked off to booze. Um uh, I mean, this guy gave everything to it. Uh, Sean, he's, he's one of your own from yep. Stanford. Uh, both of you went through some horrific injuries. Uh, what can you say about this sport, about luck? You know, I was disappointed in the booze. The guy has given everything he can to, to the Indianapolis Colts. He's been basically rehabbing for four years. Tim knows a thing or two about that. And I think it, it speaks to the fact of something that we don't really talk a whole lot about, um, and that's mental health when it comes to injuries. Because when you're constantly having to wake up earlier than everybody else, get in the gym for rehab, you're constantly hurt, you're in pain, you're, you can't do what your body used to be able to do, it, it wears on you mentally. And I think that that's what got to Andrew more than the physical pain, per se, is the mental just thinking of, I have to keep doing this for the foreseeable future. And it can, it can get really tough. It can get really tough. Tim, 30 seconds. Yeah, I, I have to uh, – it, it, it's unfortunate – but I blame a lot of that on, on the Colts organization. The way that came out, there's no way that the, your franchise quarterback uh, that you didn't know, A, and that B, that that's not the way that you 
uh, announce a retirement, walking off the field, and that's not the way you send a guy off. So I just I, I don't think that was fair to him or the fans of the organization, uh, the way that information was leaked. But hopefully that you know he has a he gets the help that he needs and he has a better future ahead of him. Sean Barton, Tim Hightower, thanks so much for being in studio. Utes Cougars Thursday eight fifteen. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.